0: Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Now with Ross Kimbarovsky, the co-founder and CEO at CrowdSpring and Startup Foundry. In this episode of Talking Business Now, Ross talks with us about the name of your business. Tips for choosing a name as you launch or renaming it later. You'll also learn how your business name conveys your overall brand design and creates a competitive edge. Welcome, Ross.
1: Thanks so much, Kelly. Happy to be with you and your listeners.
0: Let's talk first about what the difference is between brand identity and brand design, just so that we're all on the same page. That word brand just gets thrown around so loosely.
1: So people commonly use the word brand to talk about logos, but a logo is not a brand. A brand is much more than just the logo. So if you ask a designer, um, their job isn't to design a brand. They design a brand identity. Um, And here's the difference. Brand identity is everything visual about your brand. It includes your name, it includes your logo, your website, your marketing materials, business cards. Whereas a brand is the sum total of the experiences your customers and your prospects have with your company and organization.
0: Where does the company name fit?
1: Well, that's the first thing that, that creates your brand identity. In other words, everything else, the logo flows from the name your name is transferred from customer to customer prospect to prospect if you have a social presence oftentimes you want it under your brand name so that's what starts everything and, and really brand awareness is often about the name so when when we talk about products we love or don't love we use the names of the companies we don't use descriptive characteristics of sneakers so the name is one of the most important pieces of a brand identity
0: based on that what are some of the do's and don'ts for selecting a good company name to begin with?
1: When you think about what what brand awareness is, and and that's ultimately the goal for, for every single company, they want people to know about them and the products or services they create. Brand awareness is the degree to which customers or your prospects can recall a brand or can associate correctly the brand with a specific product or service. So whether you're a painter and you paint houses or you sell products online. When people see your work, when they see you, they need to associate with with a strong brand. So, So really five key attributes of a good, strong, tactical company name. The first is to keep it short and memorable. And that's pretty simple because if it's too long, People are not going to ever remember it. And if it's too long, it's going to be really tough for them to communicate it to others. Mm -hmm. The the second is make it easy to pronounce, spell, and understand. And and the simple reason for that is word of mouth. Most business, particularly the the smaller you are as a business, the less uh, money you have to spend on brand building campaigns. So most business is referral business. It's word of mouth business. And if your name is difficult to pronounce or spell or understand, when one person tells another, here's a great company that I work with, but I don't really remember their name and I don't remember how to spell their name, that makes it really tough for people to refer business to you.
0: It does. And we see that so often these days, especially among, um, I think, some of the younger startups. They're searching very desperately to be different and memorable Uh, and try to get a domain that nobody has taken that they come up with all of these really odd spellings and you look at it and you don't know whether you're supposed to be saying the letters individually as you would an acronym or whether or not you I mean it's so so what do you say then to people who are playing that domain game that in order to get a domain that's unique and still available um, how, how do you still make sure that it's it's easy to remember and easy to pronounce? Well, this
1: has become a little bit less important over time, not unimportant. Um, My company, Crowdspring, for the last decade has helped uh, companies of all sizes name their businesses and products. And one of the things that we've noticed over the decade uh, is that domains have become a little less important. First of all, for the reason that you mentioned, it's very tough to get a domain to, to match most common names. People have registered them, and so naming can be a very um, friction-filled, frustrating process. Because even if you come up with a great name, you go to see if the domain is available, like a .com, uh, and it usually never is. And if it's available, it can cost hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. It used to be really important because there weren't nearly as many searches. So if you go back a decade ago there weren't as many people online, there weren't as many, many searches. People were still actively looking at print materials, You know, not everybody obviously, but domains were really more important then because a lot of the memory recall came from looking at something in the newspaper, looking at something in the magazine. Today, that's a lot less relevant because most of the searching is occurring online. And so when people do a search in a search engine like Google, or your business and they see a link to your business, they're not sitting there trying to figure out what your domain is. They just click the link. So so what used to be more important in terms of the domain has become a little bit less so. We have uh, lots of extensions called TLD, so .com, uh, .org, .biz, .ai, lots of different variations. And so it used to be that .com was the one that everybody preferred, but we, we see lot, a lot more businesses with different kinds of extensions, and those are perfectly fine. At the end of the day, uh, what's most important is you don't have a name that, that sounds like and reads like somebody else's name, particularly a competitor, because you're going to create confusion. And then you have something that's, that's as simple as, as possible and, and easy. Um, still very important, and w- one of the things that we learned from the beginning at CrowdSpring, Um, is, uh, when, when we, so we have a community of 220,000 designers and namers around the world, when we run naming projects and we run those very differently from traditional projects, if you need a name for a business, for example, people actually suggest names. You don't hire a single person. You're working with a group of dozens of people who are suggesting names for your business. But every suggestion is accompanied by a statement, whether a domain is available and if it's not available for free registration, uh, through a normal registrar, whether it's available through a third-party sale, because clients, people who are looking for uh, to name businesses and products, need those domains. Whether they create a new company or a new product, they want to create landing pages for the company or product, and so we've made it really easier. And when people do it on their own, this is part of the. The the friction they need to find not just the name but a domain
0: exactly. So you've mentioned two things. There were five that you were going to tell us about. Uh, one is to keep it short. The other is to uh, make it something that people can pronounce and remember. What are some of the others?
1: So so third one would be to focus on the product's purpose or value. Uh, sometimes it's it's really hard to just create a business that ultimately uh, can speak to what the product is. I mean, if you think about a company like Apple. Uh, it's it's easy to pronounce, it's easy to spell, it's easy to understand because it also stands for our fruit. But but it, it has taken Apple a substantial amount of money to create this image in our minds as to what that company stands for. Same could be said for, uh, for a company like like Tesla, for example. They spent a lot of money on, on marketing and, and PR uh, to get us to remember. Smaller businesses have a really... Tougher time getting there, and so so calling a small business by a more generic name uh, doesn't really get you the kind of recognition that you want as a small business owner. And so one of the criteria is maybe think about what the purpose of the product is. One good example in the marketplace is a company like uh, LegalZoom, for example, or mm-hmm. Rocket Lawyer, who are who which are products designed to help businesses with with legal issues. And so purpose value it gives you a bit of an indication of what the product is about. Uh, rather than just giving you a generic name.
0: And, and the other thing, too, is you keep mentioning product. How how broad should you think in, in terms of the name? If you're a startup, perhaps uh, your initial product is going to become larger or you're going to add other products. So how do you account for that?
1: Well, that's actually very important. And, and we see many business owners make this mistake when, when they name their own companies. You know, you may start out with a small craft shop selling lampshades, for example, custom lampshades. But calling your craft shop custom lampshades, you know, Jane's custom lampshades, is going to be really tough because as soon as you add a second product that's not a lampshade, now now your name doesn't really speak to what your business is about. Right. And so there is, there is this fine line between coming up with a name that, that focuses on the product's per, uh, purpose and value, but also coming up with one that could be lasting. Because what you don't want to do is, is every year or every two years – change the name of your business you know remember going back to what i said earlier brand awareness is the degree to which customers or prospects can recall your brand and correctly associate the brand with a specific product or service so if you change your name and now are known by a different name you're going to lose all that brand equity you've built with with your customers and so we do see companies changing names we mm-hmm. see big companies changing names you know in the past year we saw dunkin donuts go to duncan we saw weight watchers change their name but, but for the most part, these are really big businesses that uh, invest a lot, a lot of money in around the name changers. So smaller businesses need to be a bit more cautious with that. Find a name that can suit a variety. So Crowdspring is a good example. When we started out 10 years ago, we started out with, with design services. So you know, custom logo design, web design, illustrations. And then uh, we added product design packaging design, naming companies. The thing is if we called ourselves, you know, design company, it would not make any sense when we added names also, it would be very limiting. So uh, we wanted to come up, we knew in the in the beginning that if we limited ourselves to the name design, we would limit the kinds of services that we can extend to our clients. And so we picked a name Crowdspring that didn't exist, That that was a bit more general, that didn't speak to something very specific, but that also made it easier for us to layer on additional
0: services. When we're talking about names, you want to make them short, you want to make them memorable and pronounceable, and then you also want them to focus more on the service as opposed to a geographic area or a person's name or the product name, the, the product type itself, so that you've got the room to expand and don't need to be changing. Any other considerations for when you're choosing a name? So,
1: so consider the audience, consider the people that are buying your products. Here's an interesting statistic. 77% of consumers purchase products based on a brand name. Okay, so, so brand names become really important. Now, this is much more true about bigger brands. Uh, but, but at the other end of the scale for smaller companies, if you're, if you're a local business, if you're a retail business, that's a strong way to differentiate in the marketplace. A lot of people, when they're dealing with retail b- businesses, prefer a certain business over all others. And there are reasons for that. So, so consider the audience with whom you're working. And, and ultimately, that may mean that if you're in a small town the kind of name you pick is going to be different than if you're contemplating a national business or Mm -hmm. a global business. Because if you're just serving your local population, there are going to be cultural intricacies about your local geography that can let you pick certain kinds of names. But if you're going to get into uh, international sales, as an example, then you have a different challenge because names in different languages may mean different things. And you have to Assess whether the name will work just as well in China, in Brazil, in France, as it does in the U.S. What's
0: the last one, the last of the five tips for naming?
1: So the last one is make it unique. You know, make sure that it stands out on its own and isn't confused with everybody else. And, and I use the example of our own company, CrowdSpring. We, we didn't want to call ourselves you know, 10 designers or unlimited designs. Because ultimately, we felt there would be lots of companies in our marketplace offering design services to clients. Uh, and, and if you had a company called 10 Designers, then another can come in and say 12 Designers, and another can come in and say 49 Designers. And so we wanted to pick a name that was unique and that could differentiate. And one good way to test for that is when you think of a name, or if you're working with a company like Crowdspring and people are giving you name suggestions, go to Google and do a search for that name and see what results come up. Because one of the things that you'll find is sometimes the results are really, really busy. In other words, you have a lot of competition Mm -hmm. for that name. It could be unrelated businesses, but that's still really important to you as a business owner. Because at the end of the day, you want people to be able to find you. And if there's a lot of competition for your name, it's going to make it really tough for you to... Uh, do pay-per-click advertising really tough for you to do search engine optimization because you're going to be competing against so many people on the other hand if you have a name and you do a search and there's basically nothing then that's a great signal that name can give you a quicker head start because you won't have nearly the same competition you'll be able to spend far less money on pay-per-click ads and people will be able to remember so, so a good example of that is google which is based on a, and an actual word, but the, the actual name Google is made up. You know, that was a unique word in the search engine uh, market. It was, it was fairly easy and, and unique, and so it was easy to differentiate. If, if they called themselves, you know, third you – know, think of banks, you know, fifth, third bank, uh, fifth bank, third bank. They all have names that are, that are impossible to differentiate. They may all be unique, But when we see them, it's hard for us to differentiate. And so really important for for businesses to find something that's unique.
0: One of the things that I know some people use, and I'm just curious about your take on them, and that is online name generators. Pros and cons of those, or are there any pros? Well, if if you want... (laughs) <laughs> your name to be quickly forgotten.
1: It, it's quick and gets you a word that you can use as a name. The thing is, you know, here, here's an interesting statistic. 72% of the best brands in the world um, are made up of made-up words or acronyms, you know, an acronym like IBM. So that's 72%, almost three-quarters of all names are, are made up. The difference between working with humans who understand names and companies and audiences and cultures and the kinds of products you sell. And a name generator is astronomical. A name generator knows nothing about you, your business. All it does is takes a dictionary and just spits out a ton of words at you. Now, if you happen to find something you like and you think that reflects your business, that's okay. But ultimately, uh, for the same reason why you wouldn't have a cat draw your company logo. Um, you wouldn't use a name generator to name a business. You're going to spend a lot of time. You're going to be investing years, a lot of money, a lot of effort into building a brand, and so you want that brand to have a good foundation. You know, this is one thing we we think is extremely important. So on Crowdspring, you're working with actual namers around the world. You know, there are hundreds of thousands of them, and and they're they're giving you not just the name and the domain, but they're explaining why that name fits your business and how it helps you in a variety of ways. That's not something a naming generator can do. It can just spit out a series of random words based on a dictionary,
0: right? And as you were talking about naming a business and considering your audience, and you know whether or not it's appropriate to use uh, geography in it or a person's name in the business, some of those things too. When you go to sell your business, I would imagine that if you have a name that is really tied to the business owner or it's a, the, the, a new owner is coming in and part of the reason for purchasing the business is because they think they can expand it into new markets and you've got a, a name that's tied up in, in the geography or the previous owner's own name, then I would imagine that is uh, negatively impacting the value or the asking price of that business. So when people think about a name like and they're kind of casual about it, you know, years down the line, even, it could be playing a major role when you go to sell it.
1: Absolutely. And this is this is true for, uh, significantly for uh, professional service businesses like dentists, for example, or hairstylists. If you're building a business under your personal brand, it can limit you because if you go to sell that business because you've decided you've had enough or because you're uh, at that age where you're ready to retire and relax, having worked a, a, a significant number of years, it's going to be tougher for that new purchaser to, to figure out how to extend that brand. I mean, they could change the name, but as we talked about earlier, changing the name uh, tarnishes all of that brand value that your business has built. And it's okay in certain kinds of businesses. But if you're going to just use your own name in naming a business, you know, think twice what will happen when it comes time to sell your business or bring somebody else in to run that business, even if you continue to own it, because names are important and emotion is important. So, so 90% of all purchasing decisions are made subconsciously. Yes. Um, and, and emotion is a, is a really important part of a name meaning that if people if you're a dentist and you offer dental services and people identify your business with you the next person that buys your practice if they change the name that's going to completely change how people identify with that dental practice so think about this in advance these are the kinds of questions that people should really ask themselves in advance does the name is the name short is it memorable is it easy to pronounce you know does it explain what the purpose of the product is Is it unique? And and one of the questions you should be asking is, what happens in 20 years when I want to sell this business? Is the name going to be sufficient for a new person to step in and operate that business, or is it too closely tied to me making this tougher?
0: You've mentioned numerous times that obviously we shouldn't be Willy nilly changing the names of the business. Uh, we, we need to stick with it, build up that brand equity. More than likely, the ones, the, the companies that are going to be changing their names are the larger businesses, but there are occasions where even smaller businesses have legitimate reasons for changing their name. What would be some of those reasons in your experience? So, oftentimes,
1: trademark issues would lead to somebody changing their name, and that occurs when you've got a competitor. So when you start a small business, nobody knows about you. You're operating generally, but sometimes, you know, these small businesses break out, become bigger, become regional players, national players, international businesses. And all of a sudden, a competitor who's using the same name in in the same or related business looks at you and says, you can't do that. You can't use our name. Uh, And then it becomes a question of who had the name first. So it sometimes happens that the competitor had the name first and when you was using it to sell products and services. And so it's not a fun thing to do when you're operating a business for a while to have to change your name, but, but it does happen. So that's one reason. Second reason is when your name no longer reflects your business. A third, if I may, is, is the name is not unique. You, know, you created something that that is too generic, professional tax accountants many, many businesses that have the name professional tax accountants. And so you need to have something a little bit more unique because word of mouth is becoming really tough. People are mentioning your name, but there are five other companies in your space with a very similar sounding name. So your prospective customers have no idea how to find you. I mean, if if the name is confusing, hard to spell, word of mouth is going to be really, really iffy for your business. You're not going to have a lot of customers referring your business uh, to other customers. Uh, and that's the reason that you're going to want to look and ask, is it the name? Right now, if somebody tells me, hey, look at this new company um, I use, I like their products. If I, do, but I misspell it and there happens to be a competitor under that other name, I'm going to assume the competitor is the one that was recommended. And so this is where it gets really interesting for businesses. If it's confusing, hard to spell, if you're creating friction in your sales process, that's a good time to rethink whether your name is actually working for you.
0: And if you don't mind, um, what are some of the favorite names that you and your teams have come up with? Do you have some favorites?
1: So uh, there, there have been lots of examples, actually. If, um, if you come to our site and click naming, if you come to crossring.com and, and look at categories and naming, you'll see a variety of different names. So I'll give you some examples. There was one of our favorites, it's called Asabasa. It's a, a, a spice brand. And this was a company that had to rebrand because of trademark issues. But uh, the, the creative who came up with it wanted to create this, this interesting feeling. So it's Asabasa spice company, and it has no meaning. So uh, not associated with any language from the research. But it, it's interesting because it's a uh, palindrome. So spelled and pronounced the same forward or backwards. And it starts with the, the, the name Ah, Asabasa, ah.
0: So kind of like a, a
1: fun exclamation, which, which is a, a great, great, you know, piece of character, personality building for, for a brand name. Another good example is um, uh, a bug repellent. So our creatives worked with a client who had created a bed bug repellent. Um, <laughs> and the ulti- ultimate name the client picked was Evicto. Uh, which is you know good connotation. That's what you're doing. You're evicting these bed bugs from from your apartment, and it's a nice uh, name that that's unique because it's not an actual word. And and again, seventy over seventy percent of names are not real words. They're generally made up or a couple of word combinations. And it speaks to what the the product actually does. So a couple of other examples. A lot of it is dependent really on the business and the owner of the business and and what they're trying to do, because ultimately it it really depends on the goal for your business. So one good example is a a door company came to Crowdspring and wanted a name for the company. They were starting to create entry doors and the name that our community came up with. Now, Now, in these projects, one of the things that's important, like the store company project, there were 248 different name ideas from 59 different namers. So this client paid you know, $300 and received 248 different names. And they picked their favorite and it ended up being Splendor. Ah. Um, and Splendor, D-O-O-R, Splendor. Very cool name. Yeah, I like it. it. It speaks to the quality. It's a made-up word, but, but it does talk about what the product is. So sort of uh, it goes to uh, what I said earlier, which is focused on the product's purpose. And it's nice and clean and simple. A com was available, and, and it made it really easy for that business to, to launch and, and get
0: going. Yeah. You mentioned your website as as we started talking about some of your favorite names, and it's, it's full of lots of information. You have a blog that you write on a very frequent basis that dives even deeper into this topic and other ideas on design and branding as well. So if someone would want to explore this topic some more, find out more about your service, Services there at Crowdspring. What's your website and what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Crowdspring.com, C-R-O-W-D-S-P-R-I-N-G.com. Uh, if you want to take a look at our blog, it's Crowdspring.com slash blog. We have uh, actually uh, one of the top small business marketing blogs in the world where we, we really focus on um, in-depth pieces where we get into the psychology of marketing and, and uh, spend a lot of time researching because we feel that, that there's uh, definitely an art and a science to marketing for small businesses. And, and some, some marketers have an unfair advantage in that they know the art and the science, uh, but it's not the kind of thing that's impossible to learn. So, so we, we take the time to learn it ourselves, practice it ourselves, but also share our learnings.
0: Again, you can go out to crowdspring.com or you can find Ross and his company on various social media platforms as well. And so go on out to the show notes on your favorite platform and we will list all of those social media links and you'll have those at your fingertips then. Ross, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Very important topic and very happy to have your insights into it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kelly. And I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. I appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Talking Business Now. If you'd like to suggest podcast guests or topics, or to subscribe to the Talking Business Now newsletter or podcast, please visit my website at interrobangsolutions.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-R-O-B-A-N-G solutions.com. interrobangsolutions.com.